Hello, everybody. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to bring up our headline sponsor, Routine. Every night when you sleep, you lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water. And that is really made up of uh, vapors, sweat. You lose all of that while you sleep naturally. Most people don't realize when they wake up in the morning that they're actually dehydrated. Um, I have now gotten to the point where I I feel it and uh, I notice it a lot more. I think I'm just a little more aware of it since taking a morning routine. So Morning Routine is the first proprietary product um, based on morning recovery from our friends at Routine. It comes in single-serve packets, and each packet contains a few really important ingredients. Uh, Those are half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, and all six essential electrolytes. Uh, My favorite part is there's no sugar. If you guys have looked at a lot of the other hydration supplements on the market, uh, most of them have quite a bit of sugar. And I think a lot of people are surprised by that. They taste really good. And and the reason for that is normally because of the added sugar, which obviously is not good for you. So check out routine. Um, Honestly, every morning I get up, it's part of my daily ritual. Now I, I dump a packet into, you know, a 20 ounce, one of those shaker bottles and just shake it up. Um, you know, it's, it's part of what I do. And honestly, I, you feel a lot different from this product. This is one of those products where you will see the added benefit uh, from using it. So check it out. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If this sounds like something you would be interested in, you can go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Uh, I will also add a link to yourroutine.com in the show notes. All right, everybody. Today's episode is with Laurel Orley of Daily Crunch Snacks. I found these guys, I think, on Instagram. Um, They're women-owned, and they're a really unique product. Uh, Thank you, Laurel, if you're listening to this. Uh, They sent me um, like a variety of different flavors. Honestly, me and my wife tried every single one of them when we opened the box. We kept opening opening a flavor. They were phenomenal. We would go to the next one. We kept trying them. They're really good. They're really unique. Uh, Laurel gets into a little bit of of the science, I guess you could say, behind their process. They're basically sprouted almonds, which are a little bit different than um, most almond snacks you've had today. They, these actually have like a crunch to them because the center is hollow, um, and they're really good for you. Uh, they taste amazing. They're better for digestion. I'll let Laurel really get into the the, the background of it, but. Daily Crunch Snacks uh, is the brand today on the podcast, and it was a fun one. So without further ado, give it up for Laurel Orley. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am pumped today to have Laurel Orley of Daily Crunch Snacks on the podcast. Laurel, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and tell my story. Yeah, very excited to have you on. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I might have come across. Sometimes I can't remember if I find brands on Instagram or LinkedIn or who knows where. There's just you guys do such a good job of marketing. I'm pretty sure I found it on, on Instagram. And thought the concept was really unique, and I wanted to hear your story. So, first of all, thank you for taking the time. Um, would you mind giving everyone listening just a little elevator pitch, a little background into what Daily Crunch Snacks is? 
Yeah. So Daily Crunch Snacks is a sprouted superfood snack. A lot of people um, may be listening to this saying, what is sprouted or activated? And that is really where we soak almonds, cashews, walnuts in purified water, which starts something called the germination process and releases something called a phytic acid off of the almonds. Um, and then it makes a much more nutrient dense bio or it's called bioavailable. And it also, um, you know, is more gut healthy, but on top of that with our snacks is we have a four day soak sprout dehydrate process where the almonds actually get twice the size and create this hollow center and throw them in a commercial dehydrator at really low temperatures that excess liquid uh, evaporates, but that hollow center remains intact, giving it that crunch, hence daily crunch snacks. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. And yeah. where did, just to like totally kick it off from when I say, on you know, we talk on here all the time yeah. going zero to one, where did that like concept come from? Do you, did one of you or any of your other team members yeah. like find this concept somewhere? So where did it come my, from? that's, my aunt, who is my business partner and co-founder, Diane, she learned the process through her sister who would travel to India. I think she used to go there for meditation trips. And in India, she saw that a lot of people would soak almonds, cashews, different type of nuts overnight. And that's how they ate them. They never ate raw or roasted almonds that we're used to. And she started bringing that process of soaking them back to the US where Diane picked up the process and took it a few steps further where she also dehydrated them, creating that crunch, but also getting the health benefits. Diane, whenever I saw her at family functions, she'd give me a bag of these nuts and I would inhale them, my kids would inhale them. And it was nothing that I ever tried in the mainstream market in the United, in the U.S. And Shane, so I come from a CPG or consumer packaged goods background, where I worked on the Unilever business for 13 years. Oh, in wow. So I have gone rogue and left the corporate world, <laughs> startup entrepreneur. But um, Unilever, I worked on flagship brands like the Dove Campaign for Real Beauty. Hellman's mayonnaise. I know more about Hellman's than the average human should know about mayonnaise. Um, Lipton tea, suave. So um, when I moved to Nashville seven years ago, I was still traveling back and forth to New York for work. And I decided that it just wasn't working for me anymore. And I kept on going back to Diane's sprouted nuts. And that's when I called her and said, Diane, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like I, I feel like we can really take your product a step further. Do you want any business partners and launch this as a mainstream product? And she said, I've been looking for a sign. Let's do this. Oh, wow. And we launched in March, 2020, right when COVID hit. Nice. Good timing. I've had a few people on here. And I feel like I've had, I've had two or three now of founders that launched right during COVID. I'm like, what kind of luck is that? Um, no. That, that is, no, it's so interesting. And then to give everyone a little more context, like, I'm I'm envisioning what this obviously I've seen the image of it on your packaging. What is it? What do you, can you compare it to from like a, a crunch and a taste perspective of any other product on the market? Is there anything even remotely like yeah. it? Yeah. So I give a comparison a lot of think of a bare apple chip. It's just a sliced apple that goes into a dehydrator 
yet the dehydrator gives it a completely different texture than consumers are used to. Ah. So that bare apple chip sold for, I believe, $300 million, I think, to Pepsi. I could be wrong if it was Pepsi. but Yeah, that's right. I think we compare ourselves a lot to that. We, our process changes the texture of specifically the almond. And um, a lot of people who say, oh, I don't like raw almonds. I don't like raw uh, roasted almonds. They try this and the crunch texture um, changes people's perspective of how they perceive like almonds or snacking on mixed nuts. Um, We also really try to have innovative flavors. So we have a golden goodness flavor, which has turmeric, sea salt, nutritional yeast, and gives it that kind of savory blend that people really like, but is a little bit different. And I think we really hone in on clean ingredients. So we're vegan, paleo, we're vegan certified, we're paleo, we're non-GMO certified. We, we really want people to be able to look on the back of the packaging and understand all the ingredients that go into our five different flavor profiles. Love that. Love that. That's really cool. I never, I also say bear, I never would have made that connection. That makes a lot of sense though on, the, <laughs> on like the crunch and the flavor to me. Yeah. Um, and then again, when we think about going from zero to one, uh, as you hit on being in the CPG industry and, uh, you know, I looked you up on LinkedIn and you have quite the, the background in, you know, the corporate side of CPG. What was that like, even like debating leaving that career and doing something risky and, as this and, and jumping in and being an entrepreneur? I'm sure like having a family and, and just yeah. like the general career path. What were some of the things you kind of thought through that people that are listening could take away as like reasons you decided to jump? Well, um, when I chose to do this, I was in, uh, I was 37 and I had, I had a corporate, um, understanding under my belt where I felt confident in my knowledge and kind of the building blocks that go into a brand and launching a brand. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot that of unknown that you kind of have to learn along the way and be okay with that. But, you know, I always say, if I was still living in New York City, I don't know if I would, I would have gone this route. Leaving New York City and moving to Nashville um, also gave me kind of that confidence to go the entrepreneur route. There's a lot of entrepreneurs here. I met my other co-founder through EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization. But, um, you know, everybody goes through turning points in their career and you get to a point of like what feeds you and what, what do you love and what do you want to do every day? And for me, I wanted to do something that I could build from the ground up and that I believed in. I wanted to build a brand that I could make the way I thought a brand should be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. And when you guys like initially started, obviously, I'm sure you guys had lots of conversations, but one of the things I thought was unique that I I read in your guys' kind of about page on your website was that you guys went to Expo West. And, and looked around and, and realized there was a gap in the market. Was there a reason for picking Expo West versus doing any other type of market research? Or what was some of the, like, the reasoning behind that being a real like pivot point for you guys? I thought that was something I really hadn't heard, heard from before. 
Yeah, well, Expo West is the largest natural products trade show in the United States, or I think the world. And um, walking the show really gave us an understanding of our competitors, of what is not there that should be there. And can we carve out a category that consumers would be interested in? Um, Seeing brands that aren't in our competitive category that we can learn from. I like to say that our packaging is like Boom Chicka Pop and RX Bar birthed our pack. It's very that bright, bold breakthrough packaging. And And we really saw a lot of Expo West of what we liked and didn't like. But it also just, you know, helped us get that confidence that we could, we could do this and we can build this and, and we can really make this something mainstream. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. And then, I mean, from there, like you guys at that point had an idea, you kind of validated there's a need for it in the market. What was another key from going from zero to one? I know like, obviously like leaving your full-time job and starting this, was it that clean and clean cut? Like, did you quit and then start working on it right away? Were you kind of doing both for a little bit? Like, how did you, how'd you guys make the transition to this, this new venture? So I do have to say for people listening out there, I do think the best idea is to keep your day job um, until you get a really good head start because it does take a long time in pre-launch. And I think um, you don't want to rush the pre-launch phase. It's so critical that you do all of your homework with the packaging design, the sourcing of ingredients, finding the right co-packer. And you need to have the time to do that. And you need to be making um, an income while you're, you're, you're sourcing everything. I did not do that. So I actually, I went on maternity leave and I, I, that was, uh, I did not return after maternity leave. I took some time off, which for me was the right time for me. Again, I wasn't, in my early twenties, I was, um, in my, I was 37. So for me, I wanted to take some time off and that really, really allowed me to think through what I wanted to do next in my career stage. I knew a lot of what I didn't want to do. And I really needed to find what I did want. Um, but we spent a whole year in pre-launch once we decided we were going to do this. And, I'm so glad that I took that time to really go through the sourcing, the pricing, the packaging to be, before I launch, because once you launch, you know, things start to go really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, not that that was a, I'm sure that wasn't like a, a nice relaxing time in life, having a child. Uh, <laughs> but that is a, that's a wild jumping point to try, try to make a, a pivot. I guess a major life moment that kind of pushed you in that direction. Yeah. And then for you guys, I know we chatted about this a little bit before. You, you guys are based out of Nashville. I'll be, I haven't had a lot of people based out of Nashville in the food CPG space. Mm-hmm. Was there a reason for that, whether it was family or is there a strategic reason of, of being in the Midwest and specifically Nashville? Yeah. So actually, my husband is in the hotel industry and his business partner is here. They met in New York and I just, I love New York, but um, I said, you know what, you know, he said, let's, let's move to Nashville, give it a shot. We can always move back to New York. So we moved here seven years ago and, and now it's our home. I, 
you know, it's interesting that you say that Shane, because there aren't a lot of food startups here, but I actually was at a, um, networking event last night that was hosted by Mondelez is, uh, I'm I'm sure you all know they own huge flag flagship brands and they broke off from Kraft Nabisco. So there is a growing amount of smaller food brands that are here. And I think there's a lot of interest in Nashville as a whole right now. We actually are launching a new flavor this fall that is exciting. So um, I'm, I'm, I love being here. It also, you know, is easy access to get to different parts of the country. If we need to go to New York or if we need to go, not like we've been traveling a lot lately, but we did just get into an accelerator program called SKU, uh, SKU. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited about it. We'll be flying to Dallas, um, this fall, assuming nothing changes with, um, with everything with COVID. Right. That's exciting. Wow. No, good for you guys. Um, no, it's funny. I think, uh, personally, and I think everyone starts has seen this since COVID started, I've known more people like before COVID, I feel like everyone my age, I'm, I'm 29, uh, was moving to Denver. Denver was like the spot, not that it's not anymore, but now it seems like in CPG and outside of that, it's like Texas, Nashville, Florida have become some big spots. I'm thinking taxes probably help as well as are good spots for that. So, but I was curious because I think Nashville's a, is a great spot. You're still in the Midwest. It's, but it's warmer in the winter. I'm in Chicago, so you don't have to deal with my <laughs> Chicago winters like I do. So that's, that's a nice spot. I've become a Southerner from my New Jersey roots. If it's like below 70 degrees now, my whole family's freezing. So yeah, we've everyone's wearing sweatshirts in the sixties and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We've acclimated. <laughs> That is so funny. Well, that's awesome. That gives everyone listening a really good uh, background of, of the kind of the start and the beginnings of this and, and where you are. Um, you mentioned in the beginning, you guys decided to launch in March of, of 2020. Would love to just know, you know, I'm sure you had all these plans. You're excited for to finally launch after all this prep and then the world shuts down. What was that like for you guys? And be curious to know, I mean, as a young brand that's launching, that's quite the first month in business as a, as a problem to deal with. So I'd love to just get an overview of, of what that was like. Yeah. So Sheen, it wasn't only that when we did our first production run with in March of 2020, the shipment arrived. We're all so excited for it. We tried the product and we realized that it, it wasn't where it should be. Uh. And there's a learning curve with food in the sense of you know, when you make small batches in your commercial kitchen, you have to scale up and it's not going to be mathematically comparable. And we scaled up thinking, oh, apples to apples. And the crunch wasn't there. And so much of what we are as a brand is the crunch. And we had to donate all of the first products. So I was pretty devastated. Um, and I was just thinking it's COVID We this product, you know, just, we, now we have to donate it all. There was actually a tornado in Nashville oh, and right. it was really needed. So we donated it all to, um, rescue centers that needed it. But we, I flew up to our co-packer in Connecticut, um, at the end of our test run was in, in February, when we got the product, it was February. I flew up at the end of February 
And I was there for three days to oversee the new run that we did. And what a difference it made to fly up there and oversee the process because I immediately found out and could identify the issues that were incorrect. And that was my last flight uh, for like a year because of COVID. So um, I flew back. We got the product right the second time around, and then we we officially launched. Um, it it was really frustrating that all of these grocery stores uh, said no, we're not going to have a review for new brands right now because there's a pandemic. So we had to quickly switch our model to more of an e-commerce strategy, and. We did an initiative with Pop Sugar where they had their Pop Sugar must have summer it box. And that was like our first big press kind of announcement that we did. And we launched on Amazon in June. So I, I really look as March through June as kind of that friends and family launch time to reevaluate our strategy during COVID. And looking back, it, it, it was okay. Like, you know, and my whole motto is two steps back, one step forward, or two steps forward, one step back. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's going to be setbacks and you have to be okay with that. And it's all part of the adventure and it's all part of the the story. Yeah, no, I, I get that. That's a, that's a lot to handle in a short amount of time. I know one of my first big, one of our first big innovations when I first started at our X bar, I was, I was blown away with how complicated the production process was. I remember, you know, being on the finance side of things, just seeing some of the numbers come back and then the quality we were, I was like, wow, I just thought this was a simple, you make it in a small kitchen and then you, you make it at a larger scale. It's that simple. I came, cause I came from manufacturing before food and it was, you know, it's yeah. totally different. Um, so yeah, that's a major issue to run, to just start off with and then COVID, but Interesting enough that you guys switched to e-com um, as I've talked to, you know, founders over the last year and a half, because I started this right when COVID hit too, like right around the same time. Um, it's been interesting to hear how people, some people pivoted early on to e-com, some people mm-hmm. didn't. And you can see like where they're at now, depending on what that strategy looked like. What was that like for you guys, especially if you weren't necessarily ready to go the full e-com route right away. I mean, what have some learnings been on the e-commerce side of things? Um, well, we're, we're still learning. And I sure. think I think we're still learning in the sense that it's constantly evolving. Um, first of all, with e-commerce, getting on Amazon was really exciting because all of a sudden you have access to all these people from all over the country who are ordering your products from Hawaii to Alaska. And it's incredible seeing this. Yeah. Um, Cause we really launched locally. I think you know, I heard uh, Justin from Justin's um, their their um, their butters. And yeah, yeah. Butters. Start where you are, and we really try to grow big in Nashville first. But um, seeing these consumers buy us through Amazon and write reviews about us from all over the country was really exciting. As far as our website went, um, we. We did not go with Shopify at first, and we realized that was a mistake. We scrapped our first website and then started over on Shopify. And Shopify, you know, I it's so user-friendly, and there's so much you can do on that platform. 
So we started to be more strategic with our newsletter models of what we're giving to our consumers, what our consumers want to learn about, hear about through our newsletters and that funnel. Um, but we just also started subscriptions. So with e-commerce people, we noticed that we were getting a lot of repeat customers, but we didn't have a subscription model. So that's something that we recently launched. Um, and then, you know, there's a there's an art with consumer packaged goods of how much you should be spending on social media versus how much you should be spending on Amazon. So we've been testing a lot of that out and, you know, testing a lot of things with, with bloggers as well. Uh, you know, I sent samples on a whim to Hungry Girl and last February of 2021, um, one of our team members called, she called me at like 8 a.m. in the morning. She said, what just happened? We are completely sold out on Amazon. We've sold oh, out wow. of everything in the past four hours and we could not figure it out. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Something must have triggered this. Hungry Girl put us in her email newsletter that went out to over a million people of the top three products to try ASAP. And we were the first one in the newsletter. Whoa. Is it crazy how some of that influencer stuff, like, I mean, just take a shot. You just send some someone something for free and you just don't know. It's, it was insane. And it was the first time we really saw that that power that someone can have of people really believe in her recommendations and she loved our product and she put it on there. That is really cool. That's a great, that's a great, great story. I mean, I've had a few at RX, we've had a few people I've, I've had some friends leave and go to other brands that have had that happen. And it is wild. It's like, that's what I always say on here. Like if you have good food, if you can start with that, if you have really good food, there's all these other tips and tricks and things you can do to try to grow the brand, but like, you got to have good food and then that kind of stuff happens, right? You have, you know, you have someone like that at that level with that kind of following decides that they love yeah. your food and they share it. That can change the course of your business. It really can. And we, we um, just did another, um, we actually did a partnership with her a few weeks ago for an Amazon live event. So we're just, we're constantly trying to find, you know, who are the right partners and, you know, what's going to drive e-commerce on our website and Amazon. And, you know, we're constantly testing and learning. That's awesome. And I, that's what I love. I mean, I, I've been very close. If you, if you know, anyone, anyone listening to this probably knows this, but I, I've been intimately involved with Amazon and RX for the last four years. That's like what I've been focused on. And um, I, I just love that the platform is so wild. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you guys maybe because of COVID even decided to spend more energy on Amazon earlier on than you originally planned. It, to me, it's always been it's a platform where you can test and learn so much. You can test yeah. price points. You can test discounts. You can test shipping, no shipping. If you have prime, there's just a million different things you can test. Um, and brands, I think sometimes early on, don't realize the power you can use on Amazon um, when you don't have a big following yet, or you don't have yeah. a, you know, a ton of people that know about it yet. So that's exciting. Has um, So it sounds like you guys have had a lot of focus on, on e-commerce. Do you have retail distribution at this point? Is that, is that still a big focus for you guys? Yeah, so um, we launched in with Kehi in November. And for those who don't know Kehi, Kehi is one of the largest natural distributors in the United States. Uh, they have a program for startup brands called Kehi Elevate, which I highly recommend if you are a startup awesome. brand 
and listening to this. So we have six snack brands at the time selected for this program, which was rather new. And it basically um, is where they they really kind of handhold you and help you for two years in the program. So a lot of things that you would normally have to pay for are, are those, those fees are, ra- are waived because you're part of the program. And we are now currently in 900 stores across the country. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. So wow. we got into Meyer in, uh, that has, I think about 300 stores, um, in May and Diane, my aunt is from Michigan and Meyer is a Michigan based brand uh, company. So there was a lot of synergies. They put us in their premium super, superfood snack set next to like Bada Bean, Bada Boom, Vienna Snack. So um, we we're really excited for that to be our first big kind of retail partner. Also, I Shane, we have a mental health mission. So we really believe that what you eat and how you feel go hand in hand. And this is kind of our give back. So a portion of our proceeds go to the support network which um, started out of the University of Michigan. So Diane, my aunt, um, she lost her son to suicide at the University of Michigan. He struggled with mental health and this is something her family started and we, we've made it our mission for this company. And I feel like, especially now with everything going on with um, how this past year has been with COVID, people having to stay home, there's been a lot of people, you know, struggling with this. So we really try to talk about it, but I think also since it, you know, it all stemmed from Michigan that admire and, and our mental health initiative, like everything seems to, to sync up really well. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think, I thought that was a really, really cool component that was very different, but I could tell it was a, you know, a stronghold in what you guys believe in. So I'm glad you, you threw that in there for everybody. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, no, I mean, getting and getting involved with Kahi early on is enormous. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest distributors in the country. So congratulations on that. And, uh, being a Midwest person, Indiana Meyer was like the big grocery store. So I can imagine that was a huge, huge win for you guys. It's been really, really exciting. And, um, you know, there's that fine line with a startup company because you want to, you don't want to go too fast, too quickly, but you, you, you also want to get velocity and make sure that the stores you're currently in, you're doing well in and to understand why or why not, but to, you know, to also continue to grow at a pace. So we do have some exciting announcements, um, for this fall of some more, um, retailers we're going to be working with and, you know, really trying to find that balance of, of where our consumer is and where, where they can find us. Yeah, no, I love that. Maybe for people listening, that's a really good leeway into another thought I had was how how have you guys gone about, especially through COVID, I feel like it kind of complicated things. Um, how have you guys kind of found your tribe? Like when I say, and when I say tribe, I just mean like your core yeah. consumer, like what are some of the key things you guys have done to, to kind of figure that out? So there's a book and um, it's something along the lines of like, the first 1000 brand ambassadors, like getting those first 1000 core people who believe in your brand, who are like, Hey, I just tried something that's new and you don't know about, and I'm going to tell you about it. Yes. Yes. We really wanted to find those brand ambassadors who are going to be so excited to talk about us. 
Um, so there are a few ways that we, we've gone about that. The, the first thing is PR. So um, we, we've gotten some really incredible PR this past year. And one of them stemmed out of Expo East. So Expo East was canceled last fall. Oh no, this was Expo West. I think it was Expo West. And um, it was virtual. Okay. And decided last minute to do a virtual booth. I, I emailed all these people. You know, I, I probably emailed like 100 people um, through the virtual outlet one night. And, you know, it's like, if you throw enough darts at a dart bard, you know, Definitely. back and one person who wrote me back, I did not know her title. I did not know where she worked. It just said that she worked at Hearst and she said, I wanted to get on a call with you. And I saw that she was a uh, um, registered dietitian and we have a registered dietitian on our team. And I said, I said, Deneen, we got to get on this call. You, you never know where it's going to go. Let's just let's just see what happens. And we got on the phone with her and we told her our story. And we said, you know, we're a new brand at that time. We're only like six months old. And she said, all right, well, I haven't even tried you yet, but I'm going to put you in the good housekeeping best snack award. Oh, wow. I need you to send me the product to make sure everything you're saying is legit, but, um, you're going to be, you're going to, I'm going to put you in for the award for the one of the best snack award for 2020. And that really helps get us the awareness to some of the right people to, to read about us, to try us. I think a lot of it has also been social media. So connecting with certain people who found us on social media, um, there's, you know, we're constantly, I, I have to say, like, even though we've been around for a little over a year, we still have a lot of awareness to do. That's still a huge job to be done that, you know, we're still a startup brand. So there's still a lot more awareness, but our target is very much that health-minded consumer who wants a healthy snack for them that's also delicious. So, um we're constantly going after that target to find us or that brand ambassador. Love it. No, I love that. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, it's amazing to me. And I've learned the same lesson through this podcast too. Like, you know, you find you, you have to like to build anything or to take any chances. It seems like you have to just try, take your shot. Who knows? 10, hundred thousand times and you might get a few back, but like already on this podcast, we've heard of two examples of where you, you guys sent something or sent a communication, you sent food and it ended up paying off in a big way. So great advice for people who, you know, maybe don't know where to start. I think that's awesome. Um, I know you said you're announcing some distribution this fall. Is there, I always love asking this question. Like, obviously you guys are doing, it seems like you're doing well with e-com getting Myers enormous through Kehi. Is there any you know, major points of distribution that you feel like is just a perfect fit for Daily Crunch? Of stores that we're not in yet or stores yeah, that- like, like I always, I always say this because I always say like, you never know, maybe someone from Whole Foods or someone like that might listen to this and be like, oh, well, <laughs> there's been a big learning curve for me because I was like, yeah, we're going to launch this brand in three months. We're going to be in every Whole Foods. Well, we're still not in Whole Foods. Um, <laughs> so that takes longer than, than you sometimes think, right? Yeah. I had no idea that 
us as a reset for the following year. I'm learning a lot. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the natural product stores are, are huge for us. And those include Whole Foods, Wegmans, Fresh Time, and Sprouts. Um, we are currently in reviews for all four of them. So oh, that's awesome because um, you're at the table. Well, I mean, we're in being in review means they're reviewing it, but it doesn't mean anything past that. Um, sure. So I, I, I would love to see us in, in one of those stores by the end of the year. It'd be really rewarding to me as the co-founder and CEO to see that. Um, so that's, those are kind of like some of the big ones. We've gotten into some great stores like Bristol Farms, Jimbo's. Actually, um, you know, I'm really excited because this this accelerator program we're in, we get 10 mentors and one of them is snack fire at Jimbo's. And I'm really excited nice. to have our, our mentor as the program and the rest of the mentors and um, just, just use this program to, to learn and be vulnerable and to grow and to understand like what we need to improve at on what, how we can grow better, how we can, um, you know, launch our new products well. So, so yeah, but anyway, those are the four big stores I'd love to be in. That's awesome. No, I love that. Hopefully you get into all of those before the end of the year and we'll have a podcast a year from now and we'll hear about all the ones you got into. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, as we've talked on here, COVID is, I'm sure, been one of the biggest challenges of launching. But for everyone listening, I think there's a lot of challenges behind the scenes that most people who don't, you know, hear a conversation like this, maybe never hear about between brands. So for you guys over the course of starting your company, what what would you say has been the biggest challenge uh, that you guys have had to overcome? <laughs> and there's probably a few. Challenges. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to know that there's going to be a lot of challenges along the way. We, um, you know, there was a time when we were like getting a lot of wins, a lot of PR wins. And then all of a sudden we applied to these three different programs. We made the, we, we made it to the final round of all three and we thought it was a shoe in and we got rejected to all three of them. And it was really hard on me to, to absorb that, not to get all, all deep, but I, I was, I was taking my, my daughter to a class and there was a quote on the wall that said that, you know, don't look at these things as setbacks. They're all part of the journey. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I realized that because we worked so hard at trying to get into those programs it made us stronger with our pitches. And then we were able to move forward and get into some other programs and get some other store wins that we wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. Um, but there are also challenges right now with almonds. You know, almonds have a bad rap right now with the drought going on in California. And um, we are working with one of the top sustainable almond farms in California right now. They're the largest bee-friendly certified farm in the world. And they um, do sustainable uh, irrigation with their water. And I, 
you know, it's, it's really hard to hear everything going on with climate change and how can our ingredients, you know, just work with, with what's going on. So for me, um, I, I'm challenged also with the fact that we're a premium brand that some people say, Oh, well, I don't want to pay that because I can buy, you know, blue diamonds for half, you know, X amount for us though. It's important for me that, you know, our bags are post-recycled plastic. Um, and I have to pay a premium for that or our almonds are steam pasteurized and there's the premium for that. Or that, you know, a lot of our ingredients are are organic or whatever the case is. So there's just a fine balance with kind of really understanding your brand and the consumers who are willing to pay for that and want to know about that and care about that. Um, Climate change is something that really um, upsets me. You know, I have young kids and to hear that, that things are getting worse and not better. And I don't want to be another plastic bag brand. So, um, there's, there's, there's constantly going to be challenges and things that you can't plan for. And I think as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to be okay with that and realize that that's just part of, of the job. Totally makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a heavy one. I agree. It's tough. You know what I mean? It's, um, and it's, it's interesting too. When you say the premium angle, uh, I think that's something, at least in my, you know, short CPG experience with our X bar, that's been interesting learning is just, you know, not every brand is perfect for every retailer too. Like you're, you're not, yeah. using, not every brand is perfect for every consumer, right? Especially if you want to keep a premium. I think that's, that's been, that's a great, great learning lesson, but it's interesting too, in the packaging side, now, that's just becoming a, a tougher and tougher side of, for a lot of brands trying to be better for the planet, but not necessarily been like being able to pass that on to consumers or make the product reasonably priced. It's a, it's a tough, I've heard, I actually had a few people on here who I've talked to who went that route trying to do something better for the planet. And then they had to end up going back to the cheaper stuff. They're like, it's just too expensive. Like I just, at this point early on, it's like, it's an expense I can't afford right now, which is, it's just yeah. it's sad. It sucks that that's the way it is. Yeah, I, you know, we're woman-owned certified and, you know, we're part of SUSTA, the Southern United States Trade Organization. And I really want to be a brand that can be a leader for other brands that don't have to feel like they are going to lose consumers by not doing things that they feel should be right for their brand or the environment or whatever the case is. Um, and you know, I, I loved being on the Unilever business because they also are doing a lot of things on the forefront for the environment. I think that a hundred percent of their brands are going compostable or post recycled plastic 2025 or there's some, there's, there's a lot of initiatives that they're doing. Um, so I think it's just, I think after working for such a big company, I, I do feel a little bit more confident that I'm not going to give up this battle of, um, I just, the communication to consumers is so important. I want them to know that they can pick up the bag and understand why they're paying a premium price that they can see, oh, okay, there's all these added health benefits to sprouted, or there's all these organic ingredients. Oh, they're steam pasteurized. Oh, they're post-recycled plastic. And if that's the consumer that 
that cares about those things that they're willing to pay for that. Um, and I know it's not for everybody. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. But it's I think it's cool that you guys are kind of taking a stance on that being important, and you're willing to kind of stick through it and, and figure it out, right? Yeah. Like that's that's part of probably starting a brand and and sticking to your guns. I think on the flip side, um, what what has been you know over the course of you guys building this, what has been on the like a positive note, like one of the biggest surprises that you maybe you weren't expecting that has been just you've given a couple already, but is there anything else that stands out to you? Just like something that totally shocked you that you didn't expect when starting this? Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot and I'm constantly, (laughs) I'm constantly getting surprised and delighted by either people who've bought us who are maybe celebrities or politicians. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're eating daily crunch snacks. Um, That's gotta be cool. Just in general. Like I've always thought that like, I mean, working for RX, you kind of feel it, but like actually being someone who starts a brand and seeing someone like seeing someone or seeing it on the shelf, it's gotta be a wild feeling. It is. I mean, I, for me, I, I, I was listening to a podcast on how, I think it's how I built this with the person who started Instagram was, I think it was Instagram. And he said, one of his most exciting moments was when he saw a random person on the subway on Instagram for the first time. And that feeling he got with like someone using the device he built the the first time ever. And for me, first store order for a store, this local store called Produce Place in Nashville that believed in us and said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to order a bunch of cases. And, and that figure it was this high of just like, they believe in us. And now that we're in 900 stores, the first is really that first order. And I, I tell them all the time, because they're still customers of ours. I think he, he made a mistake on something. I said, Steve, you cannot mess up on anything with us because you were the first store to believe in us. <laughs> you got a free and, get out of jail card with us forever. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I think a lot of the, the PR that we weren't expecting, we just got the Good Housekeeping Award again this year. Congratulations. Wow. We got the best prevention, um, their best food awards. And we were in that we did that. We were profiled in Forbes. I think like to be in these, to get this press has been beyond incredible. Um, for random people who I don't know on LinkedIn or people who are in Nashville, I don't even think know about my brand to come up and say, I'm, I love what you're doing, that you're an entrepreneur and you've started this company. It just always means so much because it is really hard, but it's also really rewarding in a way that's very different from the corporate world. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I just, I can only imagine. It's, it's cool to think all the time you put in or I always think entrepreneurs I've talked to, it's like, it seems like the, the consistency is the amount of time you put in usually then reflects into like growth in the actual business, which is a really hard thing at yeah. the scale like in corporate America to like the time in equals the benefit for the brand. So that's awesome. And I know yeah. you, you, obviously you guys are newer into this, but I always love asking this question for you guys. I know you mentioned some innovation in the fall, but what, what for you do you think right now, sitting where you are today, what does the next like one, three, five years look like for daily crunch snacks? Any idea where you would like to be in those time frames? Yeah. Um, we do have line extension ideas that we want. You know, right now, our runway this year is going to be a $1 million company, which I heard some staggering fact that 
I think it was only like 6% of female owned companies and were women owned certified um, ever surpass sales of 1 million, uh, some staggering. Wow, really? That's crazy. crazy. I'm looking really forward to celebrating um, reaching that $1 million mark later this year, the way things are going. But I want to, the this accelerator program that we're joining this fall is, plus million dollar company and get those that roadmap and building blocks and that's where I really want to see us you know three to five years from now and building on some of these line extensions so like our coffee soaked almonds are great toppers for yogurts and I, I just see so many types of collaborations that I want to start extending and doing I want to increase our savory and indulgent lines but I we also have ideas to go not just be a nut snack, but to go past that. Um, so to, to launch those as well in the next few years, would be really exciting. Awesome. No, that's really exciting. I, I love hearing like the other components that brands want to get into. I just think that it's just, that's the exciting stuff. That's the, the fun part of, of scaling a brand for sure. Um, obviously you're very passionate about this. You have lots of ties to this. Once your time is over at Daily Crunch. What do you want to be remembered for? Uh, wow, that is a that's a really great question. Um, I think Shane, it goes back to a lot of what I said about being a sustainable brand and being a leader in that. Want as a mainstream. Uh, category to the United States where it very much is in other countries right now, but it, it wouldn't mean enough in the sense that I, I also just want to really be a leader when it comes to being sustainable and climate change. And also just talking about our mental health mission. I know that's a lot, a lot, a lot. Oh yeah. It's, but it's powerful. But um, to have people who we don't know, talk to us and thank them for talking about mental health or for other brands to thank us for what we're doing with being sustainable and pushing that needle. There's something about that that's just invaluable and goes past, you know, how much money we make that month or whatever the case is. It's just, um, you know, I think also trying to set a precedence of being an entrepreneur and having a family it's very easy to, you know, never turn off. And I'm really trying to be more mindful of being present and wherever I am. So when I'm working to be present with that, but knowing when to turn off and to be a mom and a wife and a friend and all those things. And I think there's, you know, there's something very true with burnout and I'm just trying to, to take our mission of mental health and self-care and, make sure our team does it as well. Cause you know, things can never turn off if you don't let them. Yeah. That one, that one, in my opinion is the hardest one. I think if anyone has a solve for that or tips, those are always very hard. Like, it's just tough. You know, especially if you love it, like, I think that's, that's what I've, I've learned from people like you and, and myself of experience is like, when you love something, you can just do it all the time, but you got to make sure you have that balance. Right. So I, I love that. Um, these last few questions, I know we're getting short on time is my, yeah. some of my favorite to ask. So for you, this first one, 
Uh, and I ask every founder that comes on here, you're obviously running a company, you're a wife, you've got kids, there's a million things going on. What tools do you use to track goals and plan your daily tasks? And at the end of the day, like, what do you just use to get shit done? Whether that's pen and paper, whether that's apps, what does Laurel use to, you know, plan your day? And, and so Sheen, I'm old school. And as much as we have a lot of apps, I like pen and paper. I just like a checklist and I like to check things off that checklist. And it feels really good when I can cross it off with a pen. Love it. I'm the same way. I used to be an app guy and then realized I spent more time organizing the app than I did actually getting stuff done. And then I use something called a full focus planner, but it's the same thing. You just like prioritize what your big three things are for the day. It's been like life-changing for me. I've gotten more done in the last, I feel like nine months than I probably have ever gotten done. So love that. Pen and paper, I think. That's funny. I ask that question on here every time. And I think pen and paper is by far the most highly used across the entrepreneur. Really? Yeah, which is surprising. I I, I honestly would have thought an app, but most people I know are using pen and paper. Um, Very reassuring. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, this next one is, uh, I, I lead with book, but it can be book podcast. Just what would be your, you know, biggest recommendation on a source of knowledge for the audience? Um, you know, I, as I'm a huge, I'm a huge podcast person right now. There's, I mean, there's so many podcasts out there. Obviously yours is beyond fantastic. It's a well, great, thank you. When you're, <laughs> driving in a car and you're <laughs> to just absorb information, absorb knowledge, a knowledge, get inspired. That's where I got a lot of my inspiration from listening to podcasts and hearing similar stories of how hard it was in the beginning and how to push forward. I have a ton of books, but I have to be honest that um, I'm better at podcasts. I'm with you. I listen to so many podcasts. Um, I also probably say this way too much, but I always tell people on here, I'm like, you know, anyone who's got a a story or anything they're passionate about, I honestly, like start a podcast. I think I've said it on here too many times, but because there's so many podcasts, but like, it's just such a great way to meet people. It's a great way to have awesome conversations. It's crazy to think before podcasts, how many conversations weren't happening. Oh, I know. Now, I know. Like at scale. It's amazing. So many it's people amazing. Meet and have cool conversations. Um, awesome. Well, that's great. And then the last one, but the most important one is how can people follow you and how can people that are listening, get involved with the brand? Yeah. So, um, we, our website is dailycrunchsnacks.com and we, um, also have an Instagram handle called daily crunch underscore snacks. And, um, Sheen, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but if anybody, whatever you want on here. Okay. If I um, can give them a, if they want to try our products, we, um, you can use high five. Love it. Out for a just special discount on our website. Um, the sampler five pack is a great starter just to try the product and see what flavors you like and see if sprouted <laughs> sprouted is for you. Um, but those are, those are the big two things. So again, code high five spelled out our website, dailycrunchsnacks.com or our Instagram handle. Love it. And I'm writing all this down because I am going to add these to the show notes so people can reference that as well. Um, awesome. Well, Laurel, thank you so much for the time. This was so nice to get to meet you and hear about your story. And um, it was a great podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that um, 
the listeners got some good tips out of this. So I really appreciate it. Definitely. I definitely think so. And, and good luck with everything.